Today's episode is brought to you by The Pelican Style. The Pelican Style is a one-stop shop for all things men's curated gift guides. Its founder, Tommy Johnson, has been a longtime listener and supporter of How'd She Do That? The Pelican Style features a refined and classic selection of clothing and lifestyle products for men of all ages. Tommy has recently launched his bi-weekly curated style guides as a newsletter, and you can sign up for those on thepelicanstyle.com. Be sure to follow The Pelican Style for his style guides for your son, husband, brother, boyfriend, or even yourself. The Pelican Style's selection appeal to anyone who appreciates classic taste and Southern lifestyle. You can find them on Instagram and TikTok at The Pelican Style and their website, thepelicanstyle.com. We have them to thank for today's episode. Enjoy! Hi everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome everyone, I'm so happy that you're here, that you're tuning in to today's episode of HSDT with my friends Melanie and Lena. This was such a fun conversation to have with the founders of Mercy, one of my favorite brands. Very much goes hand in hand with my Southern California lifestyle, but it's actually one that I have been a huge fan of. Even back when I was living in Texas, Mercy is for all of us. I know you guys are going to enjoy today's conversation. And as always, do snap a photo. We love to see what you're up to while you're listening. Many of you enjoy listening to HSDT on walks. Perhaps you're out on a walk. Some of you are doing household tasks, maybe folding laundry. Regardless, we love to see what you guys are up to. So be sure to snap a photo and tag us on Instagram at How'd She Do That Podcast. Well, you guys, we had a wonderful Easter weekend. I hope that you had a wonderful Easter weekend as well. We spent a lot of time driving. Uh, We actually rented a Tesla. We had guests in town, so that was a real treat. Lots of fun driving around, shopping, lots of good food, Um, and of course, the Easter celebration. So I hope that you all had a wonderful weekend. And if you can believe it, oh my goodness, spring is here, summer is upon us, and we have so much going on here at HSDT. Tonight, we have our beginner needle point class with last month's sponsor, Penny Lynn Designs. Krista, thank you so much for hosting. Of course, that is now a closed group, but I am excited to see many of your faces tonight on Zoom for that beginner needlepoint class. And I'm so excited to share that I'll be seeing many of you in Houston, Texas. HSDT is heading to City Boots April 24th, 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to have a live panel there, shopping, lots of fun. Houston, I cannot wait to see you. So head over to howdshedothatpodcast.com. Head over to products and you'll see the tickets available there. We have a very small amount of tickets um, and we want to make this a really nice, beautiful, intimate event. So do grab your ticket if you are planning to join us. You won't regret it. It's going to be a lot of fun and I cannot wait to meet so many of you there. And as always, if you're interested in hearing more about HSDT and the behind the scenes of what it has looked like for me to 
create the podcast, and then really make it a business. All of those details are over on Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that. You have access to our close friends on Instagram, as well as five additional episodes a month. I believe there's 50 episodes waiting for you currently on Patreon, and those include audio and vlogs. Our French Riviera vlog from last fall, as well as my recent stay at Malibu Beach Inn, is now live. You guys are going to enjoy, and of course, we'll be covering all of the upcoming events and lots of exciting details about the business side of HSDT on Patreon. Well, you guys, I think that's likely the best update from me. We always have something coming up, and I'm so grateful that you all are here and enjoying and spurring me on. Your encouragement means the world. Well, without further ado, here is Melanie and Lena on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Melanie Bolin and Lena Dickinson, are the founders of Mercy. Mercy's story began in 2013 with a singular passion in mind, travel and the nostalgic sense that come along with it. Fascinated by sensibility to transport the body and soul to places old and new, this led their founders to uncover the creations of artisans found in corners around the world. Now, Mercy is no longer exclusively a destination for sense and self-care, but a curated collection of travel essentials crafted entirely for your journey wherever you may go. Every design in their signature collections right now right down to the fiber, is a reflection of the people they've met and the memories made along the way. They are proud to bring creator and artisan stories to the forefront, whether that's the history of the garment making in their partnering Ecuadorian and Moroccan communities, or hand-poured cancels in their Kansas headquarters. Each Mercy design is a product of passion with the journey in mind. When the ladies aren't speaking with women like myself or designing new beautiful pieces, they're likely traveling and enjoying time with family and friends. Mel and Lena, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hello. Hi, Emily. Good to meet you. Likewise. I am so excited about today's call. And I have to say, as I was sharing more about your products and pieces, I actually have one. I have a beautiful cream cape and I love it. So to be able to speak with you both today, thinking of that in my closet, I am thrilled. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I love that you have one of our travel wraps. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, we have much to discuss. And um, before we started recording, I have no doubt that we're going to have a lot of fun today. (laughs) I probably didn't even need to hit record to just enjoy my time with you both. But as you know, I know you've listened to HSDT episodes. I love to dive in so that listeners can get to know you. So perhaps we um, start at the beginning. Maybe you both can tell us a little bit about your upbringing and then ultimately where you went to school. Oh gosh. Nina, you want to go first? I guess I'll start. (laughs) I actually um, grew up in Northern California. I was in San Francisco. And then when I was um, seven or eight, I moved into the East Bay, specifically like the Walnut Creek Bay area for all of you guys out in Northern California. Hello. (laughs) And um, I ended up going to school from there to Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. So it was a huge huge move for me. Not very many people were were traveling that far from home, but I was super excited. And I met my husband there who um, is from Missouri. And a lot of people don't know that Mayor C is actually headquartered in Kansas City, Missouri. They assume it's right on the beach because that's our, our 
aesthetic, <laughs> but it's really because Melanie and I live so long on the coast and we kind of both found ourselves in the middle of the country. Mm, so fun. Yes. And so <clears throat> this is Melanie and um, I grew up in Texas actually. And from there, I actually met my husband at SMU in Dallas, where we attended college. And he, too, was originally from Kansas City, but didn't really grow up there. He grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And we moved, or we both graduated from school and moved to California. And I spent the next 10 years there. And then his job actually brought us first back to Dallas, where we had met, and then on to Kansas City, where I met Lena. So um, that's a little bit about me and my upbringing. And, you know, I'm a Texas girl at heart, I have to say. If I had to identify myself, it's a Texan. But I, and I've loved living in California, but I truly love living in Kansas City. It's been a little bit of a surprise because I really don't like cold weather. But I love the people <laughs> so much. And the Midwest attitude is so welcoming and warm, which reminds me of being in Texas. So that is my story. Oh my goodness. Well, it's fun too. There's quite a bit of overlap with the California connections. And then I'm originally from Dallas, moved out to California and obviously live here now. So there's quite a bit of, of connections within our paths and journeys yes. in that way. Now, what did you both major in? I majored in business, specifically marketing at SMU. Okay. I was, Vanderbilt's just very liberal arts. So they, they have more liberal arts degrees and I majored in political science and minored in business. So they didn't even offer a major. I don't, I still don't think Vanderbilt offers a major in business right now. Oh, that's so interesting. That's interesting to think about. Yeah. Even now that that might be the case. What was, uh, I, I always love to ask because it's so interesting to hear knowing what you guys are up to now. What was the hope for that season of life? And maybe Mel, you can kick us off with what was your expectation post-grad? Of course, you end up moving uh, to California, but what was your thought at that season of what your career might look like? Oh, you know what? I've always kind of been an ambitious person. I grew up with a grandmother who owned her own business and, you know, she would talk to me all the time. I mean, as I was little, I thought, well, maybe I'll be president of the United States. So, <laughs> I, you know, I might have fallen short of that. However, I did know that um, I definitely wanted to be in business um, and, I know I have a more creative side than just numbers, although I'm I'm really left and right brain, probably mm -hmm. evenly balanced. So it needed to kind of challenge me on both ends. And I went into advertising in the beginning. You know, way back when, you really had to look for jobs so differently. And I mm -hmm. moved to California without a job, but I knew I wanted to be in California. So I really looked at my degree as an open entree to anything. It just so happened at first when I was just needing a job, I really did a lot of temp work to try and like see what kind of industry I might end up in. Although my first goal was to get into advertising. So I actually landed my first real job at one of the big 10. It's called Gray Advertising. It was worldwide and I was in their LA office and that's where, you know, my career started. 
And Lena, what about you? What was the hope and thought, perhaps um, even graduation? You're graduating, you're thinking, okay, I'm off into the real world. What did you expect your career to look like? And what did that kind of launching season uh, look like for you? You know, I definitely didn't. Um, it was like Melanie. I was always very focused and competitive and and really wanted to make sure I got a good job after school. I mean, hindsight, I kind of wish I chilled out a little bit and maybe you know, went <laughs> to too. Europe and enjoyed myself. But at that moment, I was like, okay, go to the career center, having those millions of different career center interviews. And I landed a job in a, it was a management consulting um, uh, internship. It was a couple year internship with MetLife at the time. Oh, and wow. you went through all the different divisions of their company. And I got in it and immediately they got bought by United Healthcare. And so it all kind of fizzled and unraveled the whole system that they had already set up and had been um, and had hired this new class for. So I had to really keep my sea legs on and figure out, okay, what is this going to look like? They had moved me to Atlanta and I was there over the Olympic time, um, time frame in 1996. And so it just kind of threw up what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was just going to kind of climb the ranks. I was going to be in a business. I was going to follow this this path and I was uh, that's what I was going to do. So from there, really... What I ended up doing is moving to Missouri because my my now husband is from Missouri. And I, you know what I did? This is kind of funny, but now I look back and I think it is so right for my personality. I went into sales for real estate. So I was in real estate sales for a few years before we ended up starting to have a family. But I think that really goes with my little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit because in sales, you really are the master of your domain. And so um, I did that for a couple of years while I was getting my MBA. And then I started having a family and both Melanie and I, that's a parallel between both of us is that we worked really hard for, for many years, but we stopped for a good, what, Melanie, 10, 12 years? 13 for me. Yeah, to raise kids. <laughs> and then Merci really happened after. It's like that second chapter of our lives. Mm. Well, yeah. it's so cool to hear just the different um, things that were happening along the way. And yes, I'm so excited to get into Mercy. And I love that you all would share kind of that first chapter of your career. And then ultimately, you guys are able to raise your beautiful families and start that chapter. And I know many listeners are going to be able to relate to that. Now, this is one of my favorite parts when I'm able to have two awesome founders on like yourselves, we have to hear the meet cute. So you both ultimately are in Kansas City. You're you're there. And at some point we meet. What did this look like? Where were you guys? When did this um, kind of friendship originally begin? Oh gosh. We our kids, our oldest kids were probably three, possibly four. Um, and we met at a little private school in Kansas City, um, down on Main Street. And it was, it's small. So of course you get to know everybody. And basically I'm going to call it a playground friendship. The kids were on the same little boy and girl soccer team. And um, I remember sitting next to Lena. I kind of already knew her, but didn't know her. And she hands me a giant catalog of like um, 
hardware. And it was just like, oh God, I'm I'm too busy. I don't I've been looking at so many things. Could you just pick out some hardware for my cabinets? <laughs> and I remember thinking, who are you? Of course I, I want to be so particular that. about my my hardware. <laughs> I could sense she was creative back then. Aww. But it was, it was really that our, our oldest kids are in the exact same grade. Our second oldest are the exact same grade of this tiny school where, you know, you're one classroom pretty much. And it was impossible not to get to know each other. And there is a part of Kansas City where there's a lot of people from Kansas City. So when you're not from Kansas City, mm. you tend to find each other. So we were long friends before we both oh. got the itch. Totally. So that, that meet cute moment is a little blurry because when you have little, little kids, right. um, <laughs> you know, you're not quite sure when you met them and will they be a good long-term friend and certainly business partner. I wouldn't say, you know, I looked at Lena and was like, yep, that's my next business partner. Excellent friend. Right. Our first uh, trip together actually was to Dallas. And oh we were, it was so fun. Remember yes. that, Mel? As that we, went to, we, we went and got, um, we went and got cowboy boots. It was boots, a food festival. And we went and <laughs> ate at Snuffers. <laughs> oh we ate at Snuffers once, but we ate at Burger House twice in two days. <laughs> well, you have to get those fries, the Snuffers fries, the chili yes. fries, I think, or something cheese. along those yes. lines. Chili, yes, the cheese fries. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, and we ate wow. with Madeline, too. I mean, we really went from restaurant to restaurant with our husband. <laughs> so it was, it was super fun, but oof, a lot of food hangover there. <laughs> well, even there for that first trip, I love that it was to Dallas. That's so much fun. And then you guys are, you know, at some point, and this is interesting because um, Mel, I think you just mentioned that, you know, it, it was really at that that very young age, like you said, that uh, playground friendship began mm-hmm. and the friendship continued. At what stage in your kids' lives, or, or maybe how many more years mm-hmm. later, are you both looking at each other with the itch of, okay, I think maybe there's a business between us. Well, what really happened was I was kind of working independently. I had always had like a lot of product. I had a product background to begin with. So, you know, I worked at Gray Advertising, but I quickly left Gray Advertising and kind of jumped ship and went over to Mattel Toys and worked on Barbie, which is an amazing product. And then, and that is just the most disciplined place you could ever possibly work um, in terms of just, I mean, it's like an MBA where you, you come out of there and it's just so thought through and strategic and it was amazing. And then I went over to the Walt Disney company. Um, so then I have to take 13 years off, but so I've always kind of like loved product and kind of was stewing some ideas and that, you know, Lena, I knew had started this blog and she kind of would always ask my opinion. And of course, if you're going to ask my opinion, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. (laughs) And so I would talk to her about her blog, which was amazing. And I loved it. And then she also did this hosting thing where she would bring in these wellness speakers to her house Mm -hmm. with a bunch of friends. It was part of the kind of like her blog was about wellness. And so she would talk to me about that. And at a certain point, she's like, you know, I really, I see what you've got up on a shelf. She'll probably tell this better because I I remember oh, yeah. certain moments. 
I mean, <laughs> Melanie's always tinkering with some something. And she had this office in her old house, this teeny little cute room on the front of the house. And there was this big shelf. And on it were these just little bags that were darling and glass with different numbers on it. And I could tell they were mm. candles. And I said, what are you doing over there? What is all of that stuff? And she said, oh, I'm, I've been working on a, a concept of a company and it's Merci. Melanie's always loved the play on words. Like mer means C in French and C. And then together when you say Merci, it's like um, French, thank you. So yes. oh, she always was having these, these ideas. And we were working on another project together. And I finally said, would you ever want help with that? Like, what are you going to do with that? Would you ever want help? And she, and I just thought it might be so private and so personal. And she said, hell yeah, that's great. And really, it was really from that moment, like we never stopped. We, we just didn't. never stopped. And the one thing that I would say, a lot of people wonder, how did it evolve? And how did we get where we were? I, and I will tell you that from the very beginning, we both treated it like a business, even though we started, yes, at our kitchen. And yes, we would go from her living room to my living room to have meetings. We were very disciplined and were very strategic in terms of our numbers and how we thought about rolling this out. And so I think it is important that if you do have that. If you want to to start something, it can be organic, but there's also an element of it that you have to take seriously and you have to have the discipline. You have to have the discipline and the muscle to muscle through some of that, you know, early stage thing. What I would tell you is that if I were to identify that, that idea would have stayed on the shelf if Lena hadn't come and dusted it off because she's really the captain of the ship here. And she sometimes underplays so her role. <laughs> you were going to say that. But she sometimes <laughs> underplays it, but she is the hard charger. She's the one, I would say I'm more of the navigator. I kind of set direction, but mm. she's the captain of the ship. She's going to make sure we are moving forward at all times. And if we need to adjust our sales, bam, we are going to do it. And so she will say yes before I would be the reluctant. No, 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 don't do that. Let's not, <laughs> let's not launch yet. Let's wait. Let's wait another six months, you know? And she kind of like rips the bandaid off. Nope. We're going to put it out there. And we're going to see what people think. And, you know, there is a huge lesson in that because I think what stops most people and it, it may be more about women, to be honest with you, is that fear of it's not perfect. It's not ready. What if they don't like it? And you have all of those dust bunnies in your brain when you're trying to loft something up. What Lena's able to do is put that all aside and say, let's get some information. Let's get some feedback. We'll adjust as we go. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's got to start getting out there. And you know what? That is to me, the biggest part of our success is that we are constantly trial ballooning things out there, you know, doing the spitball and sticking it out there and seeing what is actually working. And it's been an amazing, I mean, I would say she's transformed me in terms of how I think about success and going back to the whole um, conversation about how we view the word failure is really learning and everything we 
do is about learning. Mm. And it's just, let's get some feedback. And sales will tell you, it will give you some amazing data, but so will the customer. They're always willing to give you some information. And so that's true. That is really just part of the success equation is just trying. Mm. Well, and it's so impressive too, because even as you guys are sharing the different personalities of you both, I was curious because, yeah, Lena, you had said, you know, you always treated it like a business. And I think that's really unique, especially with a friendship involved. I think usually it's a kind of a little bit of a push and a pull, but it does sound like you guys have that. Even Mel, you just said so well, you know, Mercy would have potentially stayed on the shelf if Lena hadn't come in and said, hey, what's going on here? So tell me this, because you guys have since built such a beautiful brand. I know there's been different stages and different products along the way. What year would you guys say that you officially launched? And what did that launch look like? Was it a website? Was it a pop-up? What did that look like? Oh my That's Lord. interesting. I mean, we really officially launched. This is going to be so funny. Here we are, Merci. <laughs> and we're all about French and the coast. We launched at the American Royal barbecue event. Oh my Kansas gosh. City. Kansas City is it's known an for the cultural event. It's a yeah, two week agricultural event. It's about cows. It's about oh my gosh. you know horses yeah. and about barbecue. <laughs> and I can't remember who asked us to do they have a like a fundraising thing where where you um you they have these little booths and you could sell your things and somebody asked us and I said let's do it. It was hilarious because we had a cup, we had a little line of candles and and then maybe some room sprays or something. Well, actually, we didn't have anything going into it. When she said yes, we hadn't yet produced a product. And I was like, that okay, might be we better shake our tail feathers. to figure out what we're going to be making. But we, uh, one of the things that Melanie found on her travels, because, you know, a lot of the core of Merci is really on our travels. When she was traveling to Ecuador, she lost her luggage and she ended up having to to repurchase uh, some things and ended up stumbling a, a, across a family-owned business in Ecuador and fell in love with them. And, and the travel wrap really comes from this family-owned uh, partnership in Ecuador. So our very first travel wrap that you have, Emily, we ordered some. And at that point, we are going to the American Royal it's coming in. We've never dealt with customs before in our lives. We don't even know where the customs area is at the airport. Melanie has to go and pick up these boxes. The show starts, I don't know, it probably started at like five o'clock at night. Oh, yes, she, you're right. She, it was she got them and had to take them home because they didn't have our labels in them and had to oh, sew oh, them by hand and quickly give me like little batches of like six and 12 because they were selling. I would literally get in the car and drive. Did I even drive down with 12 at a time? I mean, we didn't have our labels done in time in order to meet their production. So they shipped them without a label and I didn't even know how to sew. So some of those early travel wraps, sadly, did not look like they had a professional label in them, but they all sold. Oh my gosh. And that was the first event. That was the kickoff. So, you know, what I do think everybody needs to know is while we always took it seriously, it wasn't like we were hundred percent buttoned up. You, we just, um, we navigated. We did. 
Well, and I think that's such a great example because I think so many people, you know, the launch has to be perfect. It has to be in line with the future of the brand and whatnot. And to your point, no, you got to get out there and start selling and start meeting people. And why not do so in that setting? So after that event, were we off to the races? Were we ready to launch the website? What was it social at that time? What, What was that like? So we really um, started selling to small boutiques, and then Lena signed us up for the Atlanta gift show. We had never been, and we took a space there. We drove with everything in a car, and we set up our booth, and we opened up accounts there, a wholesale accounts. We started a website. We did it ourselves on something called Wix.com. I'm, I think they still exist. And you did it for free. You built your own website. And it, we did it not because of we thought it was going to be a commerce-driven thing, but at the time for the gift market and the wholesalers, the wholesale, the, the, the stores, the boutiques out there, we felt like we needed to legitimize ourselves, like we're a real company. So we built it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it started that way. And we kind of would forget to load things on periodically. I mean, it was a complete afterthought. <laughs> and what we started seeing was sales coming off of it, like just really people off the street. And we started watching, well, gosh, now we're getting a lot more sales. <laughs> and so we said, I wonder what happens if we take this seriously? <laughs> like we don't do all of it ourselves and forget about it. And so I think then we hired a developer and we picked a new like look for ourselves. And correct me if I'm wrong, Lena, I mean, that was what, 2000, we were ahead of the curve because most wholesale brands did not have their their own. Yeah, they didn't really focus on e-commerce. A lot of the wholesale brands, it was still, you know, websites were still relatively new when we launched in 2013. It was still growing business. So we then moved to the Shopify platform in spring of 2017. And really that's, I would say, when some of our trajectory changed because we were gathering data directly from our customers. We were focused on our customers. We were focused on maintaining our customers. So it just changed and we really were able to, oh gosh, I don't know, better hone in on what they wanted. Hmm. Yeah. What I was going to say is one of the other kind of like key moments in our beginning was right maybe a year, year and a half into business. So let's just call it May of, I, I don't even remember when. I got a call from someone and left a message from Anthropology, And I thought it was like a friend going, oh, you know, because that had been my vision board. Like, who would I want to sell to? And so all of a sudden, I'm like getting another message. And then Finally, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this is like legitimate. And sure enough, it was anthropology calling. And I sort of thought when they would say, hey, we're interested in doing something with you guys. I'm like, oh, okay. And I was thinking like, like when we grow up, like when we're bigger, <laughs> they'll do something right. with that. And then they, they did ask us for some stuff. And I said, sure, we'll get around to it. Like they asked us to come up and visit them in Philadelphia and I'm like, yes, we'll, we will come up and see you sometime. I was so excited, but I never put any time parameters. Again, 
I'm not sure I would have been the one that pushed it. And finally, the uh, the woman who ran uh, the whole division was like, well, I'm thinking next week. <laughs> so we did. We went up to anthropology. It was the craziest thing. And so it was the most outstanding, amazing first order. And and I, I we said yes, and we hadn't made any of this stuff before. I mean, literally, we said, yes, we can do that. <laughs> I mean, it was honestly, Emily, it was totally insane. The story. <laughs> insane. If we were to tell you the whole story, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't even think, I don't even advocate that any uh, anybody else do what we did because we, we said yes to almost a million dollar order. We had never done anything before oh like this. We, had, we did not have the the people to make it. We had to hire every single high schooler in all of Kansas city that were, you know, that knew our children. We, um, Oh, now I'm blanking. There was something else that I was going to say about it. But but it, was crazy. it. We kept all of the tracking because it was such a large order and we'd never really, we didn't really have a production person. Right. We normally walk you and work you through production. It was just kind of us. And then everybody that was helping to package it. And so what we did was we kept track on large pieces of cardboard. And then I would count the boxes on the stacks, on the, the, the um, pallets. And I'd say, oh, my gosh, we're short 29, 29 boxes. We need 29 more boxes. <laughs> it was not what I would call the most professional start. But we did deliver all the pieces and on time, believe wow. it or not. And um, later when we checked back in, her name's Catherine. She's amazing. And I would say her, she was a huge part of our start. I said, oh my gosh, you never even checked back in with us to see if we were going to deliver on time. And she said, oh, you guys are moms. I just assumed you'd figure out how to do it. <laughs> oh it was amazing. Uh, well, I love that. Even that moment that that you're thinking, okay, th- now we're really off to the races. Surely now we have a business. And you just mentioned something that's so interesting to me because you didn't have that production assistance with someone, you know, overseeing all that. I'm guessing at this point you you do. Oh, that would be oh. Lena and Melanie. That would oh, be who my. was who was overseeing everything. Oh, well, like, at that time, we actually have a person. For sure. Now we do. For yes. sure. Yes. Oh, my but gosh. But at that point. Oh, you know, in the beginning, you do it all. You do the shipping, the packing. You do a, you do it all. And that's really, I would say, the beauty of... That's the fun part, actually. If yeah, you it is. The truth, you're down and you're, you're doing everything and you're having to figure it out. And some of it's physical stuff. And I would tell you that I got shipper's elbow because... One of our first projects, we I mean, we had to box every single 300 boxes up and have them out the door. And that's kind of the fun part. It's the thrill of the chase. And it's exciting when people like mm-hmm. view you as a legitimate business. Mm-hmm. And I would say all of that's been super fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's different uh, the evolution from startup, which I'd never been involved with really to I'm going to call it. <laughs> We would be considered a more mature business today because we are 10 years in the making and we've had a lot of different experiences, some of them just really crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy big projects. I mean, balloon projects. And so we've had now a lot of experience, but, you know, going back to the learning word, every day we are still learning. Mm -hmm. 
we launched Voyager this year, our new line of um, our new capsule collection of apparel. And it's been a huge, huge learning curve for us. Mm-hmm. Just I can't even really, I sit back and think of everything that we have had to learn over the last year and a half. And it's it's been one of our biggest periods of like growth and understanding of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's absolutely true. And it's so fun to hear you say that because I think so many people listening, you know, we, there's an assumption at times that, okay, you have a 10-year-old brand, you know everything, you know exactly what to do next. Exactly. But, but, but yeah, to your point, when you're adding new pieces, which you guys have added a plethora of different products since the original, you know, beginning stage, uh, you guys have so much going on now that, that people would be like, wait, but to your point, there's a new rollout, there's new obstacles to kind of overcome and and I know you mentioned this earlier, but are there any instances that you both can think of um, or examples perhaps that you'd say maybe failure actually helped shape your career? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not sure I would, again, still call them failures. We we fail every single day. If you're not failing, I mean, that's an expression. You're not learning. And so we pretty much take that attitude because there's no way forward if you're going to let the word failure stop you. You know, it's just like, oh, well, that was dumb. Let's not do that one again. Oh my gosh. It never seems to end too. As soon as you feel like, oh my God, I've got this figured out. Then you're going to a different level. And then you're like, well, you know what? I didn't anticipate that one. It just, it's, it's never a dull moment when you own your own. We had one project that came up and it was really a crazy association. I don't even know how we really landed the whole thing, honestly, because it was, it was so hard to land it, but we worked with FabFitFun and we've done it a couple of, a few times now. I mean, a few um, things where we've worked with them and they are a well-oiled, smart machine, but you talk about a quick, swift learning curve. I mean, they ask, they ordered from us, we showed them a scarf, a wrap, and we called it a cozy wrap. It was an oversized, very yummy scarf. And they ordered, how many did they order, Lena? Gosh, I feel like it was six or 700,000. You know, yes. oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> We had never in our lives shipped a container from anywhere. Right. Like, you know, That's what and, I'm thinking. And we were shipping something like 33 containers from China. So it was those kind of things that you're like, oh, who could, how can you anticipate that's going to land in your lap? And then all of a sudden you're You really gonna- can't anticipate something like that at all. And it's just the craziest amount of like working through every detail. But, you know, if you don't try something, you'll never know. I mean, a lot of people would have shied away from that project. And we were like, well, I think we can do this. Let's try really hard. (laughs) And I mean, I think if we really sat and thought about every challenge, you know, we look at things as challenges and not obstacles. And that's another way of like different people look at things through a different lens, but, but challenges are intriguing to us. Obstacles are stoppers. You know, you immediately say, no, 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 no. 
Um, and I think for us so far, and I, you know, knock on wood, we'll always be able to look at things as challenges and not obstacles. Um, you know, it's just your approach. Are you going over that obstacle? Are you going under it? Are you going around it? Do you have to build something to go up and over it? Do you have to catapult yourself? Do you have to really tunnel under it? There's just different ways to think about something. And I would say one of our more positive aspects is that we're very creative thinkers and we can really kind of go through what's that going to take? What does that look like? And, um, you know, obviously always assessing your risk, um, because that's the smart and prudent thing to do. And um, so we've been, we've been really lucky because we have each other to, to kind of know that we each have each other's back. And we have an amazing team now that really, really helps, you know, pull every project together and think through things. And, and we've been really fortunate. We've always, always had people who are invested in getting something done. Well, it's so cool. And it's so cool to think about the growth, the the different travels, all of the different, even those two amazing examples of the collaborations and the different brands that you all have worked with. I'm so curious to ask you guys this question because uh, now as seasoned entrepreneurs, um, there's been so many lessons along the way. So I'd love to know what would you say is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? Hmm. Gosh, I, I bet Melanie would say the same thing, but I think that over the years when we are trying to grow this business and Melanie and I have a, um, a limited amount of, of personal experience, you know, she's been in marketing and product and I've been in sales. And so there's been holes that we felt like we needed to plug. And I would say that the biggest lesson that I feel like I've learned is when you start inviting people like, let's say consultants come in and help you, that you have to be really careful because as much as you might think, I don't know that, and I could use some help, there's really only so much that person knows. And if they aren't part intrinsically of your company to know the perspective of where it's coming from, they can just imprint their own personal experience on it that's not right. And so I would say we've had a a few, you know, times when we've kind of just been led astray and that we've had to pull ourselves back because their advice was no better than really going with our own gut instinct and, and figuring things out. Well, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think instinctually, we've always started to feel that, okay, well, this definitely, I understand why they're doing this because this applied to that particular sector or business Mm -hmm. or company's growth and success, it doesn't necessarily 100% translate. That formula always probably needs to be modified and customized. And I think that's where we've learned a lesson is to look for those modifications and customizations that are right for mere C. And so, you know, what I was going to say, but it, it goes along that same line is that we are students. That's really what our sweet spot is. And so learning to trust ourselves 
a little bit more is always one of our key key pieces of learning, I suppose, that we just keep going back to the same thing. We need to like trust what we think a little bit more hmm. because we, at the end of the day, we are the experts of Mercy. Yes. Uh, That's true. I, I have never had a more timely answer to that. You guys just like hit me square in between the, the eyes with, with that lesson. So thank you guys. That's so applicable actually to me personally. Um, and I know listeners, you all are enjoying that as well. There's, there's sometimes, not every time uh, that we record, but often there's a kind of pause and rewind moment. So go ahead, just pause rewind, listen back to that. Oh my gosh, you guys love it. As you said, you guys are the experts of Mercy. Well, ladies, this has been so much fun. I feel like we we have so much ground to cover and we have. We've covered years and to be able to introduce you guys to, to our listeners today is so much fun. And I am guessing that they're going to be excited to stay connected. And, and I'd love for you guys to share what's next for you. Hmm. Oh, goodness. I mean, I think it's really just, um, I really think it's just continuing on getting better with what we're already doing. I, I, we really are trying, like Melanie said, over the last year and a half, really honing in on how to give our customers some of the best special apparel pieces that they can take with them and put on their bodies and feel amazing. And, um, it's still, we're still new. We're still learning and just to keep better, getting better and better and better. I would yeah. say, what do you think, Mel? I think that's true. And nothing gives me like that feeling inside of, you know, gratification. And I'm terribly grateful when people actually a recognize our brand and two, obviously it's better if they even like it. Um, but when we see like our travel wraps out or we see a candle and it's not associated with us knowing that person anymore, it's so gratifying to know it's kind of like got a life of its own, you know? And, um, so the what's next, we're always doing something new and crazy. I mean, and I'm going to add the word crazy sprinkled in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, th- we will all stay tuned. It's so fun. And, and like you said, yes, your pieces definitely have a life of their own uh, with customers all around the world. Uh, ladies, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to? Oh, my goodness. Emily, I can't think of anything. Melanie? Either. Oh, how I about this? Either. You know, we're into astrology. What is your sign, Emily? Yes. Melanie and I are both Aquariuses. Okay. I'm a Taurus. And that's... All right. Yes. So in that's April, awesome. April 25th. Like birthday. Up, I was okay, you're, okay. You're a Taurus. Yes. Um, yes. Yes, Melanie and I, um, we are both Aquariuses and we love astrology and people will probably think we're crazy because we will even like see, um, let's not launch that. This Mercury's in retrograde. We will literally look at the astrological calendar when we- Voyager um, actually came down to between minutes. I mean, really, we changed the date by a day. We, you know, we kind of, we have people who- or are very knowledgeable. We are not, but we're into it. And, um, you know, for us, we are big believers in it. And so if that's going to open up the pathways for a much longer period of time, we're going to move it by one day and 33 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) That's 
Yes. Well, such a fun fact to know about you all. And it makes sense that, uh, you know, you're connected to previous guest Jane Wynn, who has her beautiful, amazing pieces that that are inspired by the stars. And you guys, it's just been incredible to see not only who you've worked with, I mean, gosh, the brands that you listed today, but even as I follow you all on social, just so much fun to see the different connections and, and female founded business that you're connected to. So I'd love to know, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? I think that a person that's recently come into our world, or, or we, maybe better put, we've come into her world, is a woman named Susan Feldman, and she is one of the founders of One King's Lane, which I'm sure your your listeners will know, a, a brand that I have truly admired and watched and loved. And so she has started a new venture and it's called In the Groove. It's a podcast and it's kind of a website and it feels like it's more than that. And I, I should have actually like thought about how to say that because she's a powerhouse and she's got an amazing message and it's all about, you know, aging is an amazing thing and let's celebrate that. And her, um, her whole mantra is about celebrating women and celebrating aging and, you know, all the amazing things that you learn as you go along the way, you know, and, you know, someone that we have really enjoyed getting to know. Ah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for such an incredible recommendation. You all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with Susan. And ladies, I know that many of our listeners have probably gone to social to find the travel wrap. Maybe they're looking online, but where can listeners connect with you? Well, you can find us obviously on our website, which is mirc.com. And if you're wondering how to spell that, it's M E R. S-E-A. And um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, and we're kind of all over the place. Amazing. Well, ladies, this was so much fun. I feel as though we might need a part two. I'm not quite done speaking (laughs) with you guys. This has been a blast, and I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thank thank you, you, Emily. I feel the same way. Hopefully, we'll get to meet you in person one day. Absolutely. I'm planning. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Brought to you by The Pelican Style. Be sure to check them out. And don't forget to grab your ticket to our Houston live event on April 24th. And join us next week for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.